0: Okay, there it is. You ready? <laughs> Cappuccino.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay. What's up, Dr. Hazel? How is it going? How's your How's your life doing?
2: Dr. J bomb Wiggy. So <laughs> oh, very professional of you.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. I can get the popcorn crumbs off of my chest. (laughs) Super, super, super professional, professional popcorn. So we're talking about joy today, because we spoke Mm -hmm. about pain last time. And uh, joy would be a a nice companion.
1: Mm, I agree. What is joy...
2: Yeah, I was going to say, I wondered if you can squish your laptop in closer so that you are, you are bigger in the picture. Yes, that's great.
1: Cool.
0: Sure. I'm, but I'm leaning backwards. What is? And I don't want to lean. I think I'm going to grow up and shrink at multiple times. In the, it's basically, this is Alice in Wonderland.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like shrinking <laughs> trick.
0: Obviously, the dog starts shouting now as we...
2: Yeah.
1: So You can go around. Nooks, the back door's open. <laughs> that really looked considerably bigger when you brought it closer. No, it doesn't. We are here. Somewhere. Mm-hmm. You on the one side and me on the other side. Yeah, I'll kind of. It's kind of like a little thing. Happening.
2: Joy. Joy. <laughs> I'm,
0: Enjoyment.
2: I'm, I'm Joy. enjoying the fact that I've had some more. I just kind of feel like I want to eat some more. I think it's because I'm tired. But does that mean that i last night? That What's doesn't
0: that? sound very joyful.
2: <laughs> well, there's something to be said though about that state of mind that ensues when you haven't had enough sleep. Like, colors can sometimes be a bit more vivid and life, nature is more visceral, I suppose. Mm. And that can, that can make life feel very real. Um, often, my experience is that it's, it's... Anger is the thing that often amplifies your sensation, it's like, I'm frustrated, you know. Like, uh, I don't want this. I don't want to feel this way. But even in that tired state now that I'm being experiencing, like I look out the window now and I see a bright red frangipani. I think it is frangipani. Someone this out there going to Give me like, because I think I'm saying the wrong thing. But yeah,
0: I can't see it. An
2: enormous red beautiful flower and hibiscus maybe. Yes, and yeah, just think think things are more more visceral, and I think it's like Mother Nature's way of building in the sort of like hypnotic experience uh, to amplify one's experience of life.
0: I met a guy once who said that sleep deprivation was his favorite drug. He seemed unhinged though, as you would expect from someone whose favorite mind-altering experience is depriving themselves of rest. (laughs) I think, yeah, I think hmm, not sleeping definitely, it takes the guard down a little bit
1: Hmm.
0: and, and it takes away some of the capacity to filter. So, experiences can be a lot more raw like it's closer to the nerve when you're sleep deprived <clears throat> but it's a careful balance because it's you know sometimes i'm sleep deprived and it's like wow this is so good the conversation's so great and sometimes i'm sleep deprived and i i just i'm like a toddler <laughs> grumpy and i'm crying can't hold a sentence together that was yesterday start hallucinating
2: can I ask you a quick question? And it's not to do yeah. or not keep out enough sleep. When I look at you, <laughs> I'm looking at you. Do I look like I'm looking outside of the screen or do I look like I'm looking at you? Because from my perspective, it looks like I'm looking off, off the screen in that direction.
0: Yeah, I think if you were to look like you were looking at the screen, you'd have to make eye contact with your camera.
2: Yeah, I'm For just going sure. to sock, sock me around with you and see if I'm sitting in your seat. How? How oh, do that? Click and drag, baby.
1: Oh, you can click and drag. Yeah. Hey, cool. Teleportation uh, is real. It exists.
2: <laughs> I suppose the relevance of this is—it's quite irrelevant, but it feels more like I'm looking towards you now in the video footage. Is it? Never mind. <laughs> From my perspective, it feels more like I'm having a conversation with you. Uh, well, we
0: recorded this way around the last time.
2: Yeah, did indeed, indeed.
1: So, I should be in this way. <laughs> I, think, <laughs> <laughs> I think.
0: Turn.
2: I think. Like in this state, okay, we, we, our conversation is becoming more about sleep and sleep deprivation, but I think sleep is an important thing and it is some uh, topic of importance for both of us, I think, at the moment. Um, sleep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So about think,
0: sleep. So about sleep.
2: Well, the, the, the other thing about sleep, I think you kind of mentioned it though, um, is, is it, It does connect you with your subconscious thought process. When you open your mouth and you haven't had enough sleep, you hear the things that are rattling around in your mind. There's not as, the filter doesn't work as much. You don't filter as much, I don't find. I feel like it's easier for me to just speak what's happening in my brain and try not to judge it too much even if it doesn't make 125,000% sense. So. I, can, I can say something though. You talked about that person who did a, did, did, did a small dosage of, of sleep deprivation many, many, many times. And
0: I think quite a large dose actually, maybe overdosed on the sleep deprivation. Yeah,
2: I, can, I, can, I can attest to also having experienced some of that. Um, one year during the Grand Star National Arts Festival, uh, I think on 10, 12 of, 10 out of the 12 days I had on average less than three hours of sleep a night. No, Mm-mm. I mean, I was, I was high as a kite. I was, I was swinging from the rafters, but it was not healthy. It was really, really not healthy.
0: Cancel subscription. Yes. Cancel I don't want this anymore.
2: Um and it's, it's ironic that I opted to do this podcast now instead of taking a nap to two o'clock, I felt like I needed. <laughs> but um I
0: had a nap before we did the podcast. So ah,
2: good, good. good, good. Ahead of um and so be interested to see if, if, our, if our conversation is is riveting or <laughs> it looks like it's both of
1: us are like wow
0: that was an amazing conversation everyone else is like the oh, fuck these two weirdos on about <laughs> that guy needs a nap
2: that guy <laughs> so needs obvious. a nap man <laughs> yeah nap man my superhero <laughs> <laughs> nap man <laughs>
0: I think that is the best superpower ever—just the ability yeah. to take unlimited naps whenever you <laughs> want.
1: To cover you. Like
0: you could set up an internal timer and just be like, "Okay, five-minute nap. Fresh. Let's go. <laughs> Awake. Ready."
2: <laughs> as a, as a result of of that experience, like I mean, it was amazing. Uh, it, it is actually, this is kind of an interesting thing to talk about, considering the name that I came up with originally, Radio Subconscious. It was during that time that I came up with the idea of Radio Subconscious. Um, I found it fascinating that even though I knew that I was tripping off my socks, and like my experience of life was extremely heightened, which I I would imagine the only time that would normally really happen would be. If you're being chased by lions, or someone's hunting you down, or you don't have food, so you need like go find food, so you're not sleeping, you know, um, or the weather's hectic, or your house has fallen in, or I don't know, like some sort of hectic traumatic thing, but it mm-hmm. it it certainly heightens your experience. There's no question about it, and the kind of ideas that you have in that time are definitely out there. Like you tap into another another wavelength, another yeah another wavelength another part of existence that most people don't normally tap into and i i really did feel like i had found something that was really important in that process and that that radio subconscious thing was was part of it just like the idea that habits and the habitual thinking and the the subconscious thought processes are so critical it's so important for us to Plant those seeds and water those seeds consistently. If we are to, if we are to make something of value, because the good old subby is just going to carry out the, what's that? a good dog. This mm-hmm. <laughs> good dog. Yeah,
1: yeah.
2: she's hey, lurking. Sounds
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> she <loves> like
2: popcorn. <laughs> hey. <laughs> popcorn. Yeah. yeah. So, I think, um, in terms of, let me just take a moment to breathe we were wanting to talk about joy and and the the theme of what's the theme that you came up with was like um values or
0: values and virtues values and, virtues. About values and virtues yeah
2: so i think i think the reason that that whole like radio sub subcom- why why speaking about that stuff is important is because that's like the lens that you see things through and then that's the stuff that goes through to the subconscious mind and that's the stuff that conditions our experience at the end of the day and to bring it back home to joy it it will determine whether or not you experience more joy or more pain or you're more maybe you whether you experience more joy or avoid more pain this is kind of it, it might not be that you're experiencing a lot more joy but just that you're experiencing less pain. So you kind of you're living your life like this whereas uh, as i think a lot of people will attest to when you experience deep pain you can often go down and then back up again um it's like the deeper you go into that cavern uh, or like the more deeply you fly go down oh wait 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 there's a nice quote by Khalil Gibran here we go the deeper the pain carves into your soul the more love it can contain
0: It's like Rumi's quote, you have to keep breaking your heart until it opens. It's my favorite at the moment. Oh. <laughs> oh. Right? Can you feel it, right? It's like, oh. you have to keep cracking that thing open so that it can s- stay open and you're not constantly
1: yeah.
0: doing this all the time. Like, I think <laughs> I, I'm really interested in what you said earlier um, because it's, it's kind of a question of framing and um Janie at one point gave me this piece of paper and folded it into four and like cut a little hole in it and was like remember it's like it's the same fucking thing man it's the same thing it's the framing that changes and what we're looking for is people is um disruptive strategies things that break the framing that recontextualize us because one man's trash is another man's treasure. I can go through an experience that someone goes, wow, that's really awful. But for me, it was a really good experience. I've often thought recently that, if I think back to last year and there were sort of two or three very traumatic events that happened in quick succession, one after the other. And when I did a recap at the end of last, the beginning of this year, I thought, okay, what you know? What am I grateful for? What am I closing? What am I bringing in? What do I want want less of? What do I want more of? The thing that kind of struck me was that these really traumatic experiences were the things that I got the most out of, because they disrupted my framing, and I was forced to push myself into new states of being. I was forced to question the way that I was viewing my reality. I was forced to. Question my sense of entitlement to being safe or having things go the way that I want them to. And that sense, I think, I think there's something really interesting about the idea that, like, I can be mugged at gunpoint by two men and have my brand new cell phone stolen and threatened to be killed and to walk out and go that was a really, really important lesson in many things. I I had to break that down and and go through Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff. The the biggest, the core of which was that I'd always considered myself to be a very peace-loving person and, you know, that everyone was fundamentally good and kind at heart. And I had to confront that in a sense and be like, there is a part of me that's violent, malicious, and and murderous. And there's many other people who are exactly the same way and um kind of unlocking the idea that the healer also has to be the killer. You know, if the kitten's been hit by a car, it's not like, oh, okay, let's save the kitten. It's put it out of its misery. You know, and that was a big lesson that I think has created a lot more space in my life for joy because I'm less attached to the way things need to be or, Oh, you know, that's not fair. It's a, that's a really unfair circumstance. It's like, yeah. The sense of entitlement that we have to like deserving what's fair is the death of joy. Say that again. The sense of entitlement we have to uh, like, I deserve better. I deserve a good life. That
1: is the death of joy. The first thing that pops up for me So I want to mull on what you just said for a moment. First, the first thing that pops up for
2: me is the idea that living in the future is the death of joy. Does that in any way link to what you said? now?
1: Do you think?
0: Yeah, I think it does. I think there's a lot of cross um, linkage because I, I think that we we imagine a future for ourselves based on some sort of set of firstly our desires but also some set of past good deeds or bad deeds and then what we deserve going forward and we're constantly comparing ourselves to other people and we're comparing ourselves to what we're not and we're striving toward things i think in a sense i mean i do know for sure that joy can only happen in the moment hmm. i I don't know if I necessarily sometimes I feel joy when I achieve something that I really wanted that I've been working hard toward but most of the time when I experience joy it's an completely in the moment thing it's very very transient I don't think joy is a sticky emotion I think it's a and then it it's it's like a it's like a breath, you know, there's an, you can't just hold the inhale indefinitely, you'll kill yourself. Um
1: <laughs> <they are. laughs> I, uh,
0: I think joy is the same way. I think it
1: part of what makes joy joyful is that you let it go. Fixation on the future is not letting go. Yeah. It's kind of
2: cliche, but the idea that a, a rose is only so beautiful because it flowers and dies, the flower is, is not immortal, it's temporary. And it's that transience that creates the beauty.
1: Well, I mean, transient pain
0: is transient too, you know. Life is transient.
1: No everything
0: is life. changing all the time. Everything's changing all the time. And I think that there can be There is enormous suffering in that. Let's not delude ourselves. Um, But there is also an enormous joy in that, that moments are precious, you know? And, And when we actually stay in that moment, it opens up this, you know, when you're really present with something and you're really present with the flower and it's opening up and you're looking at it and you realize that you're capturing this one little moment. And that if you'd been there like two days previously, or two days later, you might not have caught this moment, and you're really there. And you're smelling the rose, and you're looking at the rose, and you're seeing the little ant crawling on the rose, and you're <laughs> like that. There is so much joy in like noticing a thing for its nowness, and recognizing that that nowness is a participatory event that it doesn't exist unless you're there to witness it, and at the roses not the rose without you bringing that attention and care and sense of smell and eyesight into the equation. Um, That's a profoundly joyful thing. And I had a thought there that I think, I think we resist joy because it is a, it can be a, a breaking emotion in that, in that it busts the framing so hard and it busts the, mental stuff so hard I had this moment yesterday when I was walking back from I had a glorious walk yesterday I walked for about an hour and a half and I was just like standing in the middle of the field and the sunset was incredible but there were all these little mangoes on the trees and they had this little spot on them that had faced the face of the sun that was starting to ripen so the the mangoes are all green and starting to get like a little bit of this deep um red on them reddish purple oh, yes. and then this little sun-kissed spot of oh, yes. yellow orange oh, <laughs> and I walked past and I just went oh you're so beautiful and I was, t- I was just like touching the little mango
1: spots and going look at this little, this little spot little <laughs> I actually kissed one of them I was just like I can't I can't do this it's too much <laughs> and
0: it really is that you know when, when you're really experiencing joy when I'm really in it it's It's this unbearable lightness. It's a, it disrupts me out of myself. It disrupts me out of my ego. It disrupts me out of the like me-shaped chalk outline that I'm doomed to die in, you know? It it puts me into, look at this beautiful, tiny little mango growing up and getting juicy and strong on the tree, (laughs) perfection. (laughs)
2: I'm thinking about mango achar now.
0: (laughs) I've got Acha spice. I'm going to make some Acha because all the mangoes are green. So it's the right time.
1: The right time.
2: The right time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, have Have you ever had any experiences of sleep deprivation or like, I guess what I would call naturally altered states of being, maybe and somehow- Just from kept, sleep deprivation? That can maybe somehow tie into the, the, the concept of joy, the conversation of joy.
1: I,
0: okay, so I think different people have different drugs. Some people can't drink, and some people are fantastic when they drink. Some people can smoke weed, some people can't
2: smoke. Something that's... Okay, so I'm
0: getting here. I'm saying sleep deprivation is not my drug. It
1: is not
0: anyone's
2: drug. It's basically adrenaline, that's I think what it is, it's adrenaline.
0: I have some theories about what sleep deprivation is actually doing to us that are like really esoteric slash mystical but it's maybe not the time for that right now um the point I was trying to get at is that there are I've used a fair amount of mind-altering substances in my life and as (laughs) I've gotten older I've used fewer and fewer of them but I still need to disrupt (laughs) the framing constantly right so I've sought out other states of um inducing these framing disruptive altered states of mind so for me i have a movement modality practice that i do where i blindfold myself and i dance myself into a bit of a trance and that is very much like a mind altering state um meditation that's happened to me a few times in meditation um when i walk sometimes that's also i I, you know i really do i have like liminal it's almost as if i've taken a small dose of mushrooms where the colors become extremely vivid and my eyes move to things and i start to see these patterns that move through things and and it really i feel so connected
1: i feel so connected i feel
0: like all the mountains i can see in the distance are me and like i'm rooted into the ground drinking from them and they're drinking from me and there's this exchange that's happening and I feel that way sometimes when I paint and sometimes when I make music.
2: So um, kind of flowing into you and out, out of you and into the flowers. So, yeah, that's... Nice.
0: Yes. Um,
2: sometimes music, when
0: you do... Watch. When I make music, that yeah. I, you know, I'll think about it and I'll be listening to myself and then at a certain point that'll stop and I'll just play and it'll just be mess and sound and feeling and improvisation and then stuff just starts flowing. And it's, mm-hmm. there's a, a genuine catharsis or release or outpouring of something that's been hidden, stuck, blocked. Um, I definitely think there are many ways to break the framing. And I like the self-induced, ways of breaking the framing more because they don't have that other influence. Like I've had experiences when I'm dancing, when I'm doing that deep immersive dancing where it is exactly like going into a mushroom trip, but the mushrooms aren't there. Where the journey is stronger and deeper and more hallucinogenic and more psychedelic than taking a tab of acid. And I can reliably induce that state through two hours of dancing. And I can reliably land myself back into my body afterwards. There's no integration. There's no need to integrate. There's no need to um, piece myself back together. I can drive after having that experience. And so I think for me, not that I don't like the psychedelics, I've just found that there's something that I can use more reliably that is more reliable.
1: Mm.
0: And then when I, you know, every now and then when I feel I do want a, a a companion on my framing disruptive journey then I invite the mushroom hive mind in and I'm like okay let's do this we brew a tea we have a conversation say here's where I'm at here's what I'm thinking about here's this where are you at put me back together in one piece when we're done (laughs) it's one of the big intentions that I have if I do a a
1: journey okay and yourself
2: the thought that's going around in my head just I mean talking about mushrooms and all the rest of it um, and movement but the the word joy since basically since you since you started speaking I haven't stopped repeatedly having the thought of um that movie inside out have you watched it yeah it's a great movie um yeah, I watched it on ginormous big screen outdoors um, on a field with like 500 other people. Yeah, maybe a few years ago, not four years ago, five years ago. Um, and yeah, the main character Joy. It, it's it's interesting to to think of joy as something that we aspire to, and in some cases, as a person like myself who, who wants to see the world through rose-colored glasses, to um, to acknowledge that there are other emotions—anger, sadness, envy, you know, etc.—that that are actually beneficial and need to be experienced. It's not to say that the whole of your life is meant to be this like elated experience where. You just, you feel like tapping your hands and singing and dancing all the time.
0: It can't be, realistically.
2: Exactly. Breathing, you know, as you said earlier, you can't keep on breathing in. You have to breathe out at some point. Breathing in becomes horrible at some point.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's really good, um, I could have gone all the
2: way off the screen. I have to work on that one. No. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, so, I, I, I what are you going to say?
0: No, no, no. You, you, you go with your train of thought, and then I'll.
1: <laughs> I,
2: I think. <laughs> I think it's. I really think it's valuable, though, to acknowledge. To acknowledge that but when you experience something that's painful if, it, as, if, if you will or something that's not joy let's just say that in this in this instance instead of framing it as being like negative experience you you extrapolate something of value from it and also acknowledge that it is part of the human experience it is it is part of the multifaceted, many direction that you can go in as a as a human with a brain that that has all these dynamic things that go in so many different directions and yeah i, I think it, it's it's beautiful that we have that i think it's beautiful that people get angry and frustrated and then they scream and they shout and then like afterwards this is like ah like this is peace that can that can descend in some cases i mean it's not always the case i don't think um, i'm not an advocate of of raging and, you know, smashing stuff and whatever. But it it has a place. And sometimes you do need to burn things, you know? Like earth, wind, water, fire. Like some mm-hmm. things have to burn. You have to burn some things. And you're gonna branch into a whole nother world. Yeah, but it ties in with your mushrooms and psychedelics thing. Africa burn um, out in the tongue where it's like, I was going to say it's 12 days, but it's, it's officially the event, if you will, is a week. I think, you've, have you been? I can't record if you told me.
0: I haven't been. I
2: haven't <laughs> been, no. been. Oh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's uh, indescribably different. It's, it's, a, it's an experiment in alternative living. Radical gifting, radical self reliance Just, it's very radical. Um, each one teach one is one of the philosophies. Yeah, Africa burn. I, I once used my Bitcoin to, to buy a ticket to Africa burn. And I ended up in the tupper for like two two weeks, three weeks as, as an art slut. Well, quite <laughs> basically, you. You're,
1: it sounds you're, like my dream. Nothing
2: around <laughs> artworks. So you, you don't really stick to one thing. You can, I mean, we did have a tendency to do so, and um, I ended up working on several projects. Um, one of them was the Temple of Gratitude. Um, yeah, with the group from Johannesburg, sort of nearby where you come. This thing called project o which is basically i don't know if you know what a tour is like a tour f- field it's like a
0: taurus yeah,
2: yeah like it's a like donut. a donut it's like a giant mm. donut but it's an energy field kind of vibe happening and there was a an 11 meter high walkway going up to the top we a were cladding freaking uh what is it like saying lightning bolts but i'm not thor (laughs) we're cladding um thorn bushes onto this giant thing i can see like six meters up in the air in the middle of the desert wind blowing and you're wearing you're wearing like a pair of eye goggles or something because it's just it's too hectic and you're smashing thorn wood (laughs) onto this 11 meter high giant structure it's quite odd and surreal and that in itself is a trip on its own um, without all the substances that end up getting taken at the end of it. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think like going into a space like that where where the san are being, where it's untouched, like after the festival, they spent, I think it's three, four weeks picking up the loop which just matter out of place. So everything, like a little these people who bring these little. Big grass mats, oh. um, you, know, you have to pick up every single little piece, like the toothpicks, anything, absolutely everything, little tabs from a Coke can, whatever it is. So you're trundling around in the desert and picking up stuff. But it means that the space stays really pristine, bar for the burn scars, which, are, which they have like allocated spaces. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I've told you the story, but like, uh one day one day i walked out into the desert. i don't know if i had enough sleep i think i had actually i had enough sleep i meditated yes i'd meditated for probably half an hour 45 minutes and the sun had risen up in this dry landscape with pretty much no one except that point on the build is maybe a uh, hundred people or less far for and basically you a couple of tents a giant rocket that looks like it's from Tintin. uh project O, the tour thing and the temple of Gum, which is like um which was a like a woven artwork made out of wattle it, it was also about 10 10 minutes. i don't know maybe eight meters tall beautiful really beautiful and that was to honor the Khoisan people in that area um but to to get to the point of where <laughs> meditated for like <laughs> or whatever on a on, Dave's carpet, wearing some bright, fluffy orange coat that looks like it was a carpet at some point. (laughs) And then um, left my clothes behind and went out into the desert. And to be out in such a landscape with dry, hard rocks and dry soil and just really be completely immersed under the hot sun. It's like baking down on you. It's, you become so aware, like your brain just, it feels like you're connected, like you're very connected, super connected. See a little like tarantula or whatever, or a little spider or a little insect, or just a six-legged creature. Anyway, as I say, I've told you the story. But For the sake of people listening. (laughs) Um so you can imagine this white naked dude trundling around in the desert like half an hour, maybe an hour out into the into this dry landscape over the hills, no one in sight. Um had walked over some thorns by that point. You don't walk over Thorns barefoot in the desert on thorns. There's no one to help you. There's no cell phone. There's no cell <laughs> <laughs> Even if you have.
1: There's no one to help you. No one's <laughs>
2: gonna hear you. Scream. No one's gonna hear you cry. And, <laughs> and I, I came over this, over this rise in my like hyper-vigilant, hyper-awakened like state. And There's a fence that runs along the side of this of this hill, and there were two. I think there were oryx, two giant, two giant beasts, and one of them. I mean, they're they're probably fifteen, maybe twenty meters away. I don't know, but it was it was very close for me. It was a giant animal, probably weighs I don't know how much. Had its legs stuck in the fence. And it was freaking out, dude. It was freaking out. And I just had to like step back and be like, whoa, whoa. I'm not like, I felt like a hunter. I felt like a, a Koisan man. I really felt like I tapped into that energy. I really felt like I could essentially be out there hunting for something to survive on. Like I'm hunting, I'm looking for water. I'm looking for something to eat. And this animal, like, kind of sensed my presence in that. I, I sensed it looking at me and feeling like I was a hunter hunting it. And I was just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. It just like, backed up. Eventually, it managed to free its leg from the fence. But it, it was a deeply, deeply moving experience to like really feel that. I felt that animal's panic. It's like, I thought it's adrenaline. I felt. I felt like like this well up inside of me. It was. <laughs> it was profound. Yeah. So there's a there's a natural <laughs> a natural altered state of experience.
1: Yeah. That is a. Uh... <clears throat> a mystical
0: experience. Hmm. That description sounds like a mystical
1: experience. nature experience
0: mm. I think, um. There's a difference between happiness and joy in that one is a chemical emotional state and the other is like a state of being. And I think the more we allow ourselves into circumstances that that move one beyond the chemical emotional way of being where everything's sort of like cause and effect, this like Mm. manipulated exchange, we open up space for truly transcendental experiences. I think we can feel overwhelmingly happy around certain things or about certain things or in certain circumstances, but that, and we might mistake that for joy and maybe it is a type of joy, but there's also another type of joy, which transcends the, the happiness and the sadness and the anger and the frustration that you were speaking about. Like you can still be joyful while having those feelings. And I think part of that has to come from the ability to immerse yourself or the decision and the practice, the, the cultivation of a habit of continuously immersing yourself in those kinds of circumstances where you're disrupting the framing, where you're exposing yourself to what's real, where you're pushing yourself to the edge of your limits of self, where you're in nature, especially, I, I think that there are a few things that can induce
1: yeah,
0: like more acute awareness where you're actually paying attention to what is happening around you than when you're in nature. And there's nothing that will make you more afraid than realizing you haven't been paying attention when you're in nature. I went to throw something on my compost heap last night, which is outside. And I'm damn certain I walked past two snakes at that time. And I was busy recording a voice note and saying something to someone. I had my phone using my phone as a torch. And then I heard like, and I just went And then I was like, okay, some stuff's going on. And immediately everything else had to stop. There was no, I was like, what are you doing walking around on a farm in the middle of the night in your flippin' silly flip flops while there are mambas and puff adders and flippin' rinkals and Mozambican (laughs) spitters outside? Like, wake up, sheeple. Singular. I don't know what the single of a sheeple is. Um, it's
2: a sheeple. One sheeple, many sheeple. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but those moments that kind of plop you back into reality of like your WhatsApp voice note, not real. Yeah. Snake in the
1: bush.
2: Yeah. Salient.
1: Real, very, Same. very
2: important. <laughs> Pay attention. Really?
0: Super real. Oryx <laughs> stuck in the fence, real. real, real life shit. Facebook feed, not real. real. Joy not on a Facebook. Real. Feed? Never going to happen. Never, ever, <laughs> ever going to happen. You might see something that makes you happy on Facebook. You might see something beautiful on Facebook that can stimulate that emotion of joy. But joy is a state of being you have to be open you have to be paying attention
1: if you're like not gonna happen what's the most joyful moment
0: of your life so far or tell me if that's a difficult thing for some people it's maybe not a difficult thing i think if you've had children maybe or gotten married or you like wow it was the day that my first child was born or yeah, got married or whatever but tell me about a state of being where you were in a state of being of joyfulness not just like oh I had a really great time and I was happy but I was joyful I was full of joy
2: sounds like pretty much every time I believe that <laughs> yeah I love it Beats and cats and roots and cats. Yeah. Uh, my immediate thought was to ask you, which you kind of essentially did, um, which is what would be your definition of joy? So you, you've kind of, yeah, you know, more like pervasive joy. I think, I think for, for me, joy, joy is not a spike. Joy isn't a, it's not ecstatic. It's um, it's kind of like a an aura more than a, more than like excitement, which or or um, thrills. It's not like a thrill. Joy is more like, like
0: an a, unfolding, yes. or an opening rather than
2: yes. a ugh. Yes, I think I think joy is kind of that pervasive feeling that you experience when you're having a picnic with your family and there's little kids running around and you know someone's cracking a silly joke and it's just it's joyful like there's there's like a bit of there's like laughter in the air and there's like a cackle and it's it's not I mean you're not like bawling your eyes out of tears of laughter but like that's 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 something else I feel like you, you're transcending joy there um but it's yeah, I feel like it's almost more gradual or more soft mm. you will, than what the common perception of happiness might be, or joy, joy, joy might be. Um, the first thing that came to mind, I will tell you that it was uh, I went to walking the daisies, and I, I had some crazy idea. Of Maybe sleep deprivation was part of this one or I think it was just sheer, sheer excitement and determination. I had been lent a, an electric bicycle um, by the Rhodes University Environmental Learning Research Center. Uh, thank you very much, Ron. Robert. <laughs> what an adventure that was. And I had this crazy idea that I was going to cycle to rocking the daisies from ground stuff which is like 800 kilometers away and this little e-bike battery has probably got a range of like 30 kilometers so (laughs) i don't know where this crazy idea came from but fortunately for me i had some friends thank you gareth Um, and thank you nick (laughs) who um who basically talked me out of it they're like listen dude this is a stupid idea like you might want to go there like and you can make it happen but this, this, this is not going to help. Okay, so you need to make another plan. This is not plan. the way. This is not it the is. way. Like, just put, yeah. it, put it aside. There
0: are other ways. There you have
1: options. Ways.
0: If this is something <laughs> that you want, it can be done. Just prop- This idea is maybe not the idea. Exactly.
2: And um, so it needs to say, I parked the idea. And I, like I booked a bus to Port Elizabeth and my bus. Okay, so I, I found out that a friend of mine was going to the festival and she was in Port Elizabeth. So I booked a bus to Port Elizabeth. And like, this was like in a matter of hours. So, no, I think this was the, maybe the following day. And then I got on the bus. No, I think it was all on the same day. I think it might've been in the same day. I don't know, it, it doesn't, doesn't matter too much. So I, I get to getting on the bus and, um, and the bus is three hours late. Three hours. It's the first and last time I'll ever take any bus other than like the
1: <laughs>
2: Indicate, hashtag, but a promotion. Like, I don't know, there's only like two or three bus companies in South Africa that all ever take. Um, and this was not one of them. I think it was a trans Anyway. Uh, so, but this bus being three hours late was a blessing because as a result of that, I popped onto the internet and did a little bit of research because part of the reason I wanted to go to the festival was the environmental side of things like this supposedly treated to be one of the greenest festivals in South Africa. So I got hold of this lady Grace Sten. Grace, listening, thank you. <laughs> and I, I took this bus and I got to PE and in the process of traveling through from Port Elizabeth to the festival I had comms with her and she said oh, maybe she needs some help with the green team. I got to the festival and I literally had in my pocket like enough money to pay for entrance to the festival and maybe like a little bit of food, like maybe some food. <laughs> like, I really didn't have any money, like I was, I was really fucking winging it, so excuse my French there. <laughs> And, (laughs) and i got there to the gate and i was about to buy my ticket and i gave her a ring and she was like hey yeah um one of my one of my people for the festivals dropped out and uh yeah i'd love it if you could help me out so she drove through like two hours from darling or somewhere near darling wherever she was she drove through she gave me a ticket free entrance she gave me a tent. I did not have a tent. <laughs> and she gave me a really volunteer. I
1: did think this through.
2: <laughs> I had a volunteer. I got a volunteer bracelet and I had three brilliant, delicious chef-cooked meals every single day, the whole time I was there. Ah, oh. <laughs> Dude, at the end of that whole process, so I also hadn't booked a way back. So at the end of that whole process, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, I was really going on faith, like maybe stupidity, but faith. I was, like I was adamant. Like you know when you set your mind on something and you know you want it, like, <laughs> like, come hell or high water, you're gonna get it. So I, I was that whole internet. I was like, I, I must go to this festival. I will go to this festival. It is happening. i This is. I will manifest this festival
1: experience.
0: Manifestival.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: Manifestable.
1: Manifestable. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: yes, exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> i back. Yeah. So in the process of this being, being part of the green team, A, I got to run around the festival like a wild person speaking to absolutely anyone and everyone, which was great. I had like a, a way to, like an open, opening <laughs> a way to just engage with absolutely anyone. I thought it was interesting. It was like, hey, I need to interview you for the festival um, and ask them questions about whether or not they use bi soap and all the rest of it. And over the process of the festival, I did the most interviews by like, I got the most people fo- who filled out my questionnaire by I think by a relatively long way. And she had incentivized it. Um, so I got some some prize, give me some like prize money. So I ended up leaving the festival <laughs> with more money than I had when I came, I think. <laughs> I mean, I got a I got a lift, even I got a lift out of the festival on this giant overlander truck bus um, with a guy you might have met him sorry I know the story is uh, should end now it really needs to no it's good
1: I'm loving
2: it (laughs) yeah Uh, Toto Toto Corston. he was working for Green Pop and he gave me a a lift on his giant um, overlander bus ended up staying in his house in Green Point and we ended up going through to some beautiful wine valley place in Cape Town after that and then I caught a bus
1: Back to Gernstein. That is, okay. So there's
0: something that you've said there that's really.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, <laughs>
1: okay.
0: So there's something that you said there that's really pertinent is that I think, okay. Synchronicity is a force of nature for me. Like it's a thing that happens. And I know that some people are like, oh, it's not a real thing. And if you don't believe it's a real thing, then that's fine.
1: But it is a real thing. If you're wrong. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so
0: synchronicity is an interesting force because you have to set up the circumstances to allow it to come in. So you have to be in flow. And I think that joy is about flow. And I think that the fact that you had, like that synchronicity will always trigger the good, good, the good vibes, the good, good, the good, the good. good state of being Those when you follow the instinct and you do the right thing that the instinct, when it's left every time I go right, when I hear good I regret it. Every single, every single time, every single time I go right when I, I'm hearing go left, I regret it. Or every time, it's not always as clear as go left. Sometimes it's it's just, don't go there. Don't do that. Don't do that thing, Miss West. Don't, do not go there. And I go, I'm
2: gonna don't go there. Don't go West, don't go West. And then what happens
0: is I get a cosmic, that's what happens. It's just (laughs) down, stay down. But when I hear you should do that thing, you should definitely go left. And I'm like, but I've mapped out going right. I have, I've bought tickets. I, I, I've invested, I sold a kidney to go right. (laughs) (laughs) And the. the, right. synchro, the synchro yeah. destiny force is like, I need to go left. and I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go left. And everyone's like, what, what, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, I don't actually know, but I'm, I'm gonna yeah. go that way. <laughs> Joyful. Every single time I'm like, this was unexpected which I love. I love when things are unexpected in a good way. When things are unexpected in a bad way, I can handle it. It's not great, but I can handle it. But when things are unexpected in a good way, it's like, (sighs) when you go somewhere like, you know, I was looking for, I have a thing for a classic American cheeseburger. I don't eat meat very often. And I get good, like fries, good burger, needs to have dill pickle and mustard on it and tomato sauce and cheese, good bread roll. Like once a month or so it's like that's gotta it's gotta happen. And um we'll see an advert for a new burger place that's opened, we'll go to new burger place, we'll meet such interesting people who you know, like who just sitting at the table next to us, and I'll mention something, they'll go, I'm sorry, I know it's rude. Did you just mention cover cropping? And I'll go, yeah, I did. What? And they'll go, I actually wrote my thesis on cover cropping, and I'll go. I have so many questions right now. I like I need to know this thing from you. And we'll (laughs) end up having this conversation and then I'll go and I'll be like on this little buzz because I've just been in this flow and then I'll like walk past an art gallery and walk in and then see someone that I know and then go through this tour of an art gallery and like learn all this cool stuff about the art. And then the artist will have been somewhere that I have lived for a period of time in some obscure corner of the world where I was living in a tent and peeing outside and like,
1: (laughs) And then
0: there's just this little series of things that happens where it's like an unexpected adventure unfolds before me. And it's not like I've planned it. It's not like I'm watching the end destination, like following the map, like typing in stuff on my GPS, like, okay, I have to turn left here. I have to go here. I have to plan this. I have to put my petrol in my car now. I have to do that. It's like, oh, I go somewhere. And then it's like, oh, do you want to go here? And it's like, yes, let's go there. Let's do that thing. And then, okay, there's like another interesting thing here. And to just be in that state of flow and allow that to happen, I have, I come home at the end of the day, or I get wherever it is that I wanted to go destination wise, because I'll meet someone who's like, Oh, I'm going that way. Also by this point, I'm like, shit, like petrol's going to cost quite a lot. And they're like, I really need to hitch a ride. Can I just like hop you 200 bucks for petrol? And I'm like, you give me a hundred and join the company. And then we'll sit in the car. We'll have a chat. I'll get where I need to go. And I'm always just like, that was good that was good and you've got to learn to listen because that voice is never loud the voice that says it's not like go left sometimes it does that sometimes every now and then it will do that to me it'll go you listen i can't let you miss this train Mm -hmm. but usually it's quiet it's like let me do it the other way because my camera's (laughs) and I'm like,
1: and it's like, and then life's good. And I'm more in that state of being, I'm more
0: in that flow. I think joy is related to flow. I don't actually, I don't have, you asked me just now, earlier what joy is i don't have a definition of joy i'm i'm kind of figuring that out i just know it when i feel it and i think it is something that can be so small and so quiet that you can miss that you're feeling it if you're on your phone or if you're thinking too much or if you're worrying about the way you look or you're any of the other myriad of things that we expend our energy on that are not productive i think I think joy is always there. I think joy is there in moments where we're tremendously angry. I think joy is always there in moments where we're tremendously sad. And I think we just have to notice it and just give it a little bit of space at the table.
1: Mm.
0: Mm. Come back into now, ground. What do my feet feel like? What are my What is the sensation in my hands and my feet? Can I just... Breathe down into my body, let the weight drop down, notice what I'm feeling where, notice what I'm tasting in my mouth, what I'm smelling, what I'm hearing, what I'm, the sensation of my hands as they rub against each other, what am I seeing? And if it's not there, you're creating the space for it to be there. But if you're not creating that space, you're not, you're not gonna hear that voice. There's a joy that's not transient. There's a lightness of being that sometimes I can sustain for a while, days or weeks. Even when there is frustration, sadness, things not going the way that I expected them to, but then it's the detour is not a bad thing. The detour is just new information. Have you heard on a slightly different note Um, of the term anti-fragility.
2: It does sound familiar.
0: I'm obsessed with it at the moment. I think for a long time with my own struggles with mental illness and depression and wanting to off myself rather a lot, um, I thought a lot about resilience, this idea of resilient, of like, I get hit, I bounce back. I get hit, I bounce back. And then I discovered antifragility, which is I get hit and I appreciate the redirection. That every time I get derailed, it it is a grace. It is a divine opportunity for growth. That when our business falls apart, we go, good. What's new? What's coming up? What is this, you know, what do we have to like to... Um, to throw away, like what what now can we let go of? What new stuff can we bring in? That principle of being anti-fragile is um, a habit and a culture and a practice that is so much about curating spaces where joy can sit at your table and feeding it so that it's full and feeding it so that it keeps coming back. You know, is not oh, okay. <clears throat> this horrid thing happened, and I am so, I'm such a victim. I'm a victim of my circumstances. Like, there are victimizing circumstances. Make no mistake. But when you can see a circumstance as victimizing without seeing yourself as a victim, that's that's game changing stuff right there. You know, and. <clears throat> to then go actually this is an opportunity it's an opportunity to rethink it's an, you know I didn't get the job that was promised or I was let down by certain people or I invested a lot here and it didn't work first things first okay how am I richer than I was before for having done this
2: how am I richer? <clears throat>
0: when someone fucks me over and there's no no polite way to say that is the polite way to say it when someone absolutely screws you over and you go okay i've invested time and energy here and i've been taken for a fool what did i gain what gifts did this opportunity give me it's not easy you might be angry in the process But you need to take it seriously. Like you need to put that, you need to apply your will and your mind to unearthing those things, to saying, I hear, I know I'm feeling angry and betrayed and hurt and wounded and humiliated. But I'm choosing now to think about the gifts that I got and to feel what it feels like to have those things that I didn't have before, because it's not enough to just think about something. You have to embody, you know, it's that semantic experience that we were speaking about earlier, not in this conversation, but in a previous conversation, like you need to bring it back to the feeling in your body of gratitude. It's not enough. Okay, I'm grateful that I have a home over my head. I'm grateful that I have food to eat. I'm grateful that I have a hot shower every day. It's like, feel the hot shower, feel it in your body. feel the way it hits your skin, you know? Feel the comfortable bed and the safety and the security. And the, where does it sit in your body? Where does it belong in your in your system? And to find that, okay, I got screwed over. But I feel so much more competent now than I did before. And I didn't have the confidence to put out there what I was doing. I got affirmed for many of the skills that I had that I didn't feel I could affirm myself in before. I met amazing, interesting new people. I expanded my horizons. I was inspired. And feel those things, feel those moments and go, okay, cool. I've got this. This is my pinpoint. This is my anchor. This is what I'm taking with me. Now that everything else is being wiped, and there's the humiliation and the betrayal and the crying and the
1: oh, I can't believe you are going to me. I'm so stupid and useless.
0: It's like, okay, but um, if I park that on the bench, because it's real, or I'm experiencing it as real, maybe not that it's real. And I, I said, okay, I can see that there's both of these and I can hold the space for that one while feeding the other then the terrible collapsing thing becomes an opportunity to reassess where it is that you think you want to go because a lot of the time so many of the things that we do are not about what we actually want but what we think other people need us to be you know that we have these expectations and life things that we have to do and people that we're supposed to be and other people that we're supposed to make happy and like what will my girlfriend say if I blah, 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 blah. and like, what will my mom say if I do this? And what will my boss say if I do this? And what will my childhood self say if they knew that I gave up playing the oboe? you know and
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> And then you stop and go, "What do I actually want? And it's like, I want to make a shitload of money. That's what would make me happy right now. I have things that I want to do with it. That's what I want. What would make me happy i want to i actually want to go into a career change i want to move more into the technological side of things than the hands-on on the ground side of things because i feel like it's a weak spot of mine and there's a whole new interesting space to play in there those disruptive events are natural they are forces of nature they're going to happen but also They're really good when you choose to see them as good. And I'm I'm obsessed with that idea of anti-fragility as a mindset, as a a life practice, because it's not something that comes naturally. Pessimism is what comes naturally. It's very easy to be pessimistic. It's very difficult to be resilient. It's uh, a superpower to be anti-fragile.
2: We than whatever superpower I had (laughs) earlier.
0: What was, what was your superpower I at the don't beginning?
2: I remember what my superpower was.
0: <laughs> you were eating a bowl of rice before we started recording. It was like I was like, is it rice man?
1: <laughs> 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 uh. Anti frigidity mm. yeah. Thank you. There's something
2: that we've spoken about previously and it's, it's very, um, I'm very, I'm very aware of it right now. And it's that idea of deep listening, that idea of, of being so present with what someone else is saying that you actually, you're taking it in. You're taking in what they're saying. You're, you're, it's almost like you're believing or accepting it's not even it's not even it's not even a paradigm about like thinking that what they have to say is more important but it's just to listen deeply and to just to really absorb that and in that process it's almost like you're allowing you're allowing that person to let out their genius to to, yeah yeah (laughs) when when you show someone that they're worth listening to, they give you more things to listen to that are worth listening to.
1: On the money,
0: on the money. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite obsessed with the idea of deep listening and deep sharing at the same time, of, of, because there, there is something so magical when it's reciprocal. It's wonderful to deep listen to someone. I think it makes it makes people feel so valued and that feels so good and you learn so much. You learn so much when when my stuff is not important, when it's not about me at all and I'm just present and I'm just I'm really just tracking this person and following this person. It's so rich and 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 very meaningful. For myself and for others but when it's reciprocated when it's two people practicing deep listening for one another you you have this ability to move so often when we talk we just stay in the domain of what we know we keep speaking around and around the things that are familiar to us the same stories that we've already told we're not investigating them from new perspectives we're enforcing the things that we believe And what happens when there is mutual deep listening and sharing is that we start to ease out of the known and we start to tease in the, the unknown. And that's not so scary because we're in it together and we can start to play with new ideas. And then you have a revelation and then something comes out of your mouth that you think, I've never thought that thought before. I've, I've never had that revelation or realization before. And that changes everything, that changes a lot. And then someone takes that little thing and then they run with it and they open up something else. And you're just sitting there like, how is it possible to have so just revelation after revelation, after revelation, after revelation happening in a single conversation? It's um, very quickly becoming one of the most important things in my life at this point in time. Is a practice of cultivating deep listening more than anything, um, but building building the intimacy and trust with others to share deeply, to push myself into the space of the unknown, to share the things that I don't want to share with other people, because they feel too humiliating or gross or um, revealing. It's not nice to be revealed. That's too yeah to share those things and then to I think what astonishes me is that more and more I find that the things that other people show me about themselves are a lot more intense than I thought they could be or a lot less intense than I thought they could be the framing is constantly disrupted you know I think something like that would never bother me it's never bothered me before and then it starts to bother me and it's like well, that's interesting I Can I wonder what that means or Something that I think would have bothered me before just stops being important. It's like, wow, that's just so human, you know, I have that too, we all have that thing, or I don't have that thing, and that's really interesting. Making the fixed volatile, the volatile fixed. Reframing, framing, reframing, framing, reframing. Yeah, It it encourages a, a way of living in awareness. It's just like a practice because for most of us, awareness is like a practice, right? You do it when you meditate, have like a half an hour of awareness every day, and then the rest of the time you're like half asleep, right?
1: But that um,
0: participatory vulnerability is uh, it starts to bring a deep awareness into the undercurrent of living. It's just there all the time. And then it's easier to feel joy. It's easier to communicate when you feel hurt. It's easier to ask for what you need. It's easier to show up for other people because it's not just about you all the time. It's easier to show up for yourself because it's not just about other people all the time. Mm.
1: I didn't hear
2: that. I said that's one I struggled with quite a bit. Showing up for myself.
0: It's hard. If
2: you don't, you end up going hungry until 10.30 at night while waiting for the rest of the food to come off the bride. You're not willing to say, hey, I'm hungry, let's friggin' eat. <laughs> I've been DJing for
0: hours. <laughs> why is it so hard for us to tell other people what we need? Let me rephrase that because I think I know why it's so hard. I know why it's hard for me. Why is it so hard for us to admit to ourselves what we need so that we can ask for it from other people or give it to ourselves?
2: I think it's admitting. It. I think it's. It's valuing ourselves, enough. it's, it's like, it's almost like I value that person's opinion of me, the superficial opinion of me, more than my truth, than who I really am, which in this context would be, or in in that context would be, I'm, I'm a hungry DJ, feed me, like, (laughs) I'm a hungry DJ. me <laughs> um, but it's yeah it's not that va- either not valuing myself not feeling like i'm worth it mm-hmm. or it's too highly valuing that person's opinion of me in essence once again also not valuing myself enough like or valuing them more instead sp- being more and more concerned about them liking me than Liking, you the me. Liking, yeah. liking the real
1: myself liking liking
2: the facade versus liking who i am and that's a problem because if if we live like that if we live in that way it creates it creates a drama where we're acting all the time where we're painting faces on ourselves and what happens when two two acts clash when you're When you're the strong viking on the one side and then the soft loving mother on the other and now both of those two people are in the same space how do you be the strong viking and the soft loving mother you can't do that Ah! (laughs) it's okay my baby you, you can't you can't so unintegrated
1: That's,
0: that's an interesting thing because we are the strong Viking mother and the, and the gentle, no, I'm kidding. We are the strong Viking warrior and the gentle mother at the same time. We are the extraordinary selfless lover and the selfish narcissist needy, give it to me
1: (laughs) feeder, you know, and
0: There are things about myself that I don't like, that I need. There are things about myself that I would like to admit to other people that they need from me. You know, that I play a role or a persona that I think is good for other people to see, or that I want other people to see in me, that they need me to be strong, that they need me to show up, that they need me to do this, this, and this, they need me to be there for them. And then they turn around and say, actually, I need you to let me in. I I need to see that you can be weak sometimes. I need to see that you can be vulnerable, you know? Yeah. I need to see your, your fallibility as a human being because it's difficult to trust you unless you're real. <laughs> and this thing of, like, constantly being impervious, that's not real.
1: Yeah.
0: I... I'm grateful every day for the people in my life who hold me to the edge of what's real and who have known me long enough or know me well enough to be able to say, there's an incongruence here and I, I want you to tell me the truth about something that's happening. And for me to say, I don't, I don't always know the truth. I don't, always, I don't always know the truth of what I'm experiencing that I can try, or I can maybe tell you what I know isn't working. And we can maybe figure it out together a little bit. It's very vulnerable and it's very difficult. And I feel okay to do it with with a select few people that I sometimes wanna just like cry with gratitude that they're around and they show up for me when they do. Like there are moments where I actually am just flawed. I'm just like, how did this happen? how is this possible to be so unconditionally loved by another being and to so unconditionally love another human being, because that is scary as hell. It is so fucking scary to love another human being unconditionally, to be like, this is not about what I need from you. This is not about compensating for my personality. This is not about playing out my sense of inadequacy and trying to get something from you. This is not about social status or standing. It's not about appearance. It's not about filling the void of my loneliness. It's about nothing but me witnessing you as a being and going, I love you as you are. I don't want anything from you. I don't need anything from you. I just just want to hold this thing that you are and revere it as an image of the divine. In all of its fallibility and its humanness. Like, you know, it's not to say that I don't get pissed off with the people that I care about or think, God, that's fucking irritating. Or think that they have things that they do that are stupid. And then I think, God, I really think you'd be a lot happier if you stopped doing that. And there are times I'll bring that up and they'll say to me, Yeah, well, I like doing that. So I'm going to keep doing it. And I go, Cool. I respect it. I've gotten that off my chest. There's a clear, you know, a clarity and a transparency here. There's a that's generated from us being transparent with one another. But it scares me because that is a force that is transformative in a way that nothing else in my life is transformative. So
2: was quite a noise up inside. I
0: it looked like you were looking back like at the coffee machine. Like God, um, after that, I need a cup of coffee. <laughs> I need a cup of
2: tea. I, I actually need to go into the a um, Can you excuse me? I'm supposed, supposed a... to
0: have a meeting soon, so maybe we should.
2: Wrap
0: up there. Yeah, joy is showing up for other people and for yourself. Or joy is found in it. It isn't those things, but the space for it is opened in showing up earnestly for reality.
2: In showing up earnestly, say again.
0: For for reality, in reality, Hmm. when you show up truly for yourself and others, then you are. Laying the compost down for joy. You are preparing the earth for the seeds of joy.
1: Yeah?) Nice. yeah? Very nice. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> i love speaking with you ed
1: i love speaking with you julia
0: you should do this again sometime
1: i <laughs> <laughs> agree yeah.
2: Show up for yourself and others. Soil of journey. Foundational soil of
1: joy. Yeah.
2: I'm going to show up for myself and I'm going to... I'm
0: going to show up for myself and go have a conversation with my accountant.
2: (laughs) I prefer yours, I prefer yours. I I wish I had said something I prefer
0: yours, to be honest. What did I say to you before we started? Like take urination very seriously.
2: It is important and I have been meaning to do it for a while and I've been thinking it's been quite pertinent in light of the conversation, but you know.
0: (laughs) It'd be so great if just like the next time we're recording you're just like, I'm just gonna go pee quickly and you head off and I'm just
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just have like a little DJ,
0: like I'll put on some headphones and like jab some while you're away. Like a little interlude.
2: Okay. DJ bomb wiggity in the flesh <laughs> ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. DJ
0: bomb. So it's J bomb wiggity and then it's DJ bomb
2: wiggity. Yeah, DJ bomb I- wiggity. <laughs> I like
0: that. I'm on it.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I'll see you somewhere soon. Yeah. yeah. And cut. <laughs> Bye. Bye.